Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got John Rossman on the line. John, how are you? Doing great, Michael. Nice to see you. Likewise, likewise. You've got a really creative and interesting career. So for those that aren't aware of your background, I want you to share a little bit about you and then we'll dive into this conversation. Yeah. So my, um John Rossman and I'm an author. I've written three books and have a fourth one coming out early next year. Uh, but I'm really a problem solver. I'm a strategist and I work with my clients on kind of solving the really hard problems in their business, like how do we compete? How do we create distinctive value propositions? I was an early Amazon executive and got to launch the marketplace business at Amazon. And that that story um, has impacted me in so many ways. And that was really the basis of kind of my books and all the work that I get to do. Yeah, that was a pretty big deal, you know, from just starting off and selling books and then all of a sudden the marketplace now. Now everybody has those boxes in their houses because, well, they've ordered so much. And of course, we all know what happened during the pandemic as well. But, it, you know, it's been an organization that has done extremely well. So, uh, you know, what were those early days like? You know, I just well, a lot well, of- well, well, they weren't the success, uh, the successes that you were referencing. And I think that's what people forget. Um, so I was at Amazon early. 2002 through 2005. So four years, um, I got to launch the marketplace business. So that's the business third party selling at amazon.com. And that's almost 60% of all units shipped and sold today. When I was there, it was a very frugal, very scrappy, very doubted organization. You know, we were always called amazon.com and amazon.toast in the press and everything. But um, the organization just always stuck to its principles and its perspective on how to reinvent core customer experiences and operations experiences and how investing in the future is was always kind of the mission of the organization. And so while it was much different than it is today, the principles on how we held each other accountable, how we made decisions, how we prioritize. Those were the principles that led into the Amazon leadership principles. And that's kind of the one of the stories that I captured in a book called The Amazon Way. Yeah, it was, you know, the, I remember those early days too, because I was in the IT industry at that point. And, you know, they're saying, will Amazon ever turn a profit? And I remember those comments and, and, you know, Bezos was on television, like, yep, yeah, yeah, we've got this, we're doing this and doing this. And, you know, of course, you and the team in the backdrop are like, yeah, okay, let's, let's be the best we can at all of this. And you laid the foundation and the infrastructure that, you know, helped create, you know, what it is now. Because if you guys didn't do that work back then, there would be no Amazon at this point, I would guess, because, well, you know, there's only so much water you can take in the boat. And, you know, it's, you know, a situation where, you know, you, your team, you know, stuck through it. And those, you know, principal lessons, I'm guessing you've used those throughout your career and all the consulting you've done and, and the work that you're doing at your own organization. 
Yeah, I mean that that really is the the playbook. So I left Amazon late 2005 and started work with my clients on innovation and digital transformation and operational improvement and strategy. And it was five years after I left Amazon that one of my clients at the Gates Foundation came to me with kind of the observation you were making, which is like, oh, you take the little anecdotes and strategies from Amazon and delicately insert them into our business. And he goes, I think you ought to write a book about that. And I'd never thought about uh, that before. And, and and I listened and I was like, oh, interesting. So I talked him into being my partner on these books. He's still, uh, I still work with Greg and it's been so much fun and so impactful. You know, these principles and my story and my work, it's not about Amazon. It's about you and what you can learn from a company like Amazon to help both operate a better business for today, but also you know, create the path and the, and the innovation to creating a durable business that is competitive in the future. One of the things people forget about all these stories of Amazon was that, you know, even the marketplace business, that was the third attempt. In 2002, that was the third attempt at some type of third party um, selling approach at Amazon. And there was all these naysayers, especially internal advisors and the board and leaders who are like, you know, I just, I don't think we're ever going to beat eBay at this game. And, and I, I just don't think this is the way for us to go. But Jeff was, you know, he always said, be committed to your strategy, flexible on your tactics. And so he realized like, Hey, we have to keep innovating on this. And that, that, fundamental lesson of understanding that true innovation always starts from a point of failure. You don't start with success. And then, you know, most of our projects, though, we're, we expect immediate success. And that's the way most well understood proposals and projects should work. Innovation is experimentation and, and experimentation is based on, you know, going from failure and iterating your way to success. So the key to that is how do you do it? in as cheap and fast and efficient approach as possible so that you can afford those those iterations. And that's really the core work that I do with my clients and advise uh, executives on, on kind of both their individual role in that, as well as the processes and the approaches that need to go into organizations. And the thing I'm completely committed, I, I know this for, for, for a fact, which is mid-sized companies have more opportunity to innovate and compete than big companies. And everybody likes to have their excuse, either it's the industry or the size of company. It's like, those are excuses. Everybody can innovate. And it really is just figuring out what your playbook is. And that's what I work with my clients on is building their playbook and their leadership model for how they innovate. That's so important. And I, I'm glad you said that about the mid-sized companies because all the big companies didn't used to be big companies. They they were all really small. And you know, I'm often reminded of the fail fast type of mentality. It's like when you're trying something, you're doing something innovating, experimenting, things like that, you know, find those failures because then that way you're just narrowing down to the point where you'll find the right formula or ingredients or the right setup or the right, right components to a marketplace to be able to take on and blow past eBay and everybody else for that matter. I mean, you know, where people just 
you know, naturally gravitate and go and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a verb, you know, to the point. Right. And, right. you know, that that's when you have an organization and you're becoming, you know, from a noun to a verb, that says a lot. And again, I keep going back and I'm a big infrastructure guy. I love foundation. I love it because if you get that right, then it allows you to be agile as you're trying different things and, and going down the road. And, you know, a thing that come to mind too is it's a lot easier to change and adjust things when you're in motion than it is just sitting at a table going, well, what about this? What about this? It's like doing helps you discover, okay, well, that's not going to work. Okay, let's see what does, you know, 3M with post-it notes, that glue that they couldn't figure out what they were going to do with. Well, you know, how many bazillion post-it notes have they sold because of this glue that wasn't really sticking to anything? And like, what do we do with this? Oh, yeah, so let's make these little notes. And well, you know, every office has them. So it's just, you know, that's, you know, one of those things are like it's, uh, those side effects sometimes can create other opportunities as well. Yeah. You know, um, where you know everybody philosophically they'll kind of agree with everything you just said and it's and it's true um but then it's like well how do we do that right and and that's where i try to really fill in with some mechanisms one of the underlying secrets from amazon is this approach of writing and so by writing out in narratives in, in a, a term called a future press release and faqs frequently asked questions and debating those, like we have a concept, forcing yourself to write those things out and then debate them, that's the cheapest and best way to experiment. So that's how we afford experiments is by be, being disciplined enough to actually write them out. PowerPoint or just talking about things is, is not refined enough for the subtle differences of you know what your new product what your new service what your new improvement might be and so if you can pick up these habits of writing out these concepts it's an absolute superpower and it scales you can do it as an individual i do it in my own business you can do it as a team you can do it as an enterprise you can do it just part of the time but the, that's the type of mechanism that helps reinforce the important concepts you're talking about of like hey we need to iterate we need to try new things they aren't going to work yes and here's how we can actually go about doing that in a fast affordable repetitive manner that improves not just the idea but how we approach those ideas and the how is where the fun stuff happens because yeah you, you can kind of get the foundation and like you said the philosophical ways of doing things but it's that action and implementation okay what tools do we need to do this and you know with your background and all the experiences that you've had over your career so far there's so many things you can pull from and you know what i tell people in the work that i do in consulting and burnout prevention and all of that stuff there's things that i bring to the table could have been from my accounting degree it could have been from it right. could have been from healthcare it could have been for nonprofit. it could be in speak it, it, it just they're just there i don't think okay i'm gonna use that tool that i picked up in 1993 when i was working for that cpf i don't remember where i picked it up 
but it's something that's just there and you know it with the expertise based on all the ingredients that you're exposed to when you're working with a customer or a client and figuring out, okay, how do they break through this particular barrier that they're stuck on? And it could be something major that's involving all kinds of different things, or it could be something as simple as they've grown and now they want to get to that next level, but they're not sure how to do it. And, uh, you know, that's where your expertise really comes through. Well, I think that's, you know, how advisors really add to their clients is by bringing a different perspective. And, you know, you're the, 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 the client 90% of the time is always the expert in their, in their field, in their market. Well, you add value by bringing something different to it. Right. Exactly. And, you know, helps when you have either a finance background or a systems background or a strategy background, because again, when you work with different industries, I know most industries say we're so different than everybody else. And, you know, the spoiler is not really. I mean, there's different things, but everybody's got a widget. It's just what is that widget? But obviously there's different things that pop up. And and there's always exemplars within that industry who have who have fought through those things uh, and everything. Right. Like I I do some business with some um, automotive organizations and, you know, they still today you know, resist change, you know, like, oh, it's the automotive industry. It's highly regulated. It's highly complex. And it truly is. But yet the benefit of having Tesla there is like, but it can be done. Yeah. And, and so it really oftentimes takes one to demonstrate like everything you say is true yet we can still, we can still fundamentally either reinvent the customer experience uh, create a different business model, radically improve operations with those three things. That's what innovation is. And, um, and it's those that respect those industry, you know, traditions and regulations and deeply understand them, but can still find a way to improve customer experiences, improve business models and improve operations. Those are going to be the winners. Yeah. Grew up in Detroit, so I I know all about the auto sector and their, let me use the right word here. I don't want to say rigid. I really want to say rigid, but I'm not going to say rigid. Um, You know, very traditional, a lot of their things. And, you know, Tesla came in and and basically did a reinvention of the car. Uh, And the others are now catching up. And, you know, we'll see how market share and all that plays out down the road. But, you know, know, it kind of goes back... in an ironic kind of way back to when henry ford was you know getting ready to roll out the first cars and everybody just said no we want a faster horse you know, what, what's, right. we don't need this buggy that's motorized why do we need that and well you know obviously it demonstrated a lot that we needed in order to do what we do today uh it's in a world without cars would be kind of weird but you know we may see that it might be see something else it's just evolving but again understanding the tradition but also tapping into the future and what will our future look like well start planting the seeds today so your future will look like the way you want it to look absolutely so in your book that's coming up uh in you know in a few months you know you know tell us a little bit about that and then we'll we'll wrap it up from there and have people find out where you can get it and all that good stuff but what you know what's the book super and i've I've got what's hopefully a compelling uh, offer to the listener. So the name of the book is Big Bet Leadership 
your transformation playbook for winning in the hyper digital era. And everybody knows that, you know, digital transformations, most strategies, most innovation programs, they have 85% or higher failure. Well, why? Right. And what do you do about it? So this book attacks the specific failure points of big bets and gives an anecdote or a technique in order to help solve for or avoid it without having to put in a whole new methodology or things like that. And I, I have a co-author. My, my co-author, Kevin McCaffrey, was my client at T-Mobile. We stood up a new business incubation practice there. We, we took many of the concepts from the Amazon way and think like Amazon, and, and we broadened them out and incorporated them into an organization that didn't come from that heritage. And then a bunch of other tricks to really help give a practical set of techniques to executives to help win at these major transformations. A big bet is any concept or strategy or plan that we think has the potential for really changing the trajectory of the business, but we know inherently has material risks. And our goal with the book is to help mid-sized companies be able to win at these big bets without having to hire uh, a major management consulting and to be able to afford to do this, which is a firm belief of mine is that is that most innovation is going to come from uh, mid-market companies and they need great advisors and great tools in order to help them do this well. And that's the goal. So if you go to bigbetleadership.com, there's a form there, fill it in, tell me what podcast you heard this on, your Kindle email address. And when the book releases on February 27th, 2024, I'll do a drawing from this podcast, send 10 or 15 copies to listeners of the Kindle book. My only request, and it's a request, is that they write a customer review for a book. It's really vital for, for books. And so that's my request. It's not an obligation, but go to bigbetleadership.com, register for the book, and I'll send you a Kindle copy of it when it releases February 27th. That's awesome. And I can't wait to see this book because, again, I am a firm believer of businesses of that size are the ones that do so much innovation they they help out communities they they employ so many people and can really you know change things for the better in whatever they're making whether it's a product or a service it just improves humanity when these companies survive and thrive and this book is going to help them do that especially in these ever-changing times with automation technology ai you name it there's so much going on and so a lot of these businesses are just spinning their heads trying to figure out what well, what do i do what do i do so this book is going to provide an amazing roadmap for that so i really appreciate you you know, offering that, John. So where can people find out about you and all this amazing work you're doing? Yeah. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn, John Rossman or rossmanpartners.com is my business website. I do keynote speaking. I do workshops. I do coaching and advisory. Got a great team and you can engage with us kind of everywhere from buying a book through, you know, engagements and everything. And my goal is to really help senior leaders understand how to drive systematic change within their organizations. That'll be awesome. I'll definitely have all that in the show notes. So John, thank you again for your time today. Really appreciate you and, and congratulations again on, on all the books and the new one coming out. Well, thanks for inviting me to be a guest on your show and thanks to your audience for listening. 
Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.